0: Com. This is the morning brief from the Economic Times, produced in collaboration with Avas.com. For many of us, owning a brand new iPhone is nothing short of a dream come true. But for several contract workers at Taiwanese manufacturing giant Witström, the dream of working at an iPhone factory turned nightmarish after violence broke out last weekend at the site over alleged non-payment of wages and long working hours. Similarly, at the production facility at Toyota Kiloska Motor in Bidadi, 32 kilometers from Bengaluru, a lockout has been imposed by the management since November 10th over workers who went on strike, citing overwork. In journalism, we say once is happenstance, twice is coincidence. The third time, it's a trend. So are these flashpoints, aberrations, or something deeper? Is the state, known for its industry-friendly policies, home to the Silicon Valley of India, becoming a hotbed for organized industrial workers and trade unionism? Will it impact Chief Minister B.S. Yadurappa's efforts to woo investments as well as Prime Minister's Make-in-India initiatives? These are some of the questions that I'm really keen to get a sense of. From The Economic Times, this is Aurigit Parman and you're listening to The Morning Brief. To help me navigate the present, as well as the past, I've invited three very special guests for this podcast. Dr. Narendra Pani, Professor, National Institute of Advanced Studies and a former senior editor at The Economic Times. Captain Gopinath, serial entrepreneur, founder of Air Deccan, Columnist and political observer, and Archana Rai, E.T.'s editor south. Thank you very much, all of you, for joining. Archana, let me let me come to you first. Toyota and
1: now the Apple Factory. Is this a coincidence or a trend? I think I would argue that it is neither, because the way i see it the causative factors in the two instances that you have mentioned are are different although uh, the manifestation is labor and rest but the causative factors i would think i would argue are different in the case of wistrin the employees are contract employees who have come in through uh, uh, you know as uh, contract workers hired by six of these um, employment providers Separately, and are not direct employees, so their concerns would be would have to be thought of differently from the case of Toyota, for instance, where these are full-time employees as well. So that is the first difference. The second, I think, um, are we going to see more unrest as are the, are these pointers? I would argue that there have been instances of labor unrest across. Karnataka, because manufacturing, as we all know, is has a deep base in the state. It is only that in the last decade and a half, because the service sector and the tech sector has dominated headlines in the state and in the capital city, for sure, we have heard less of un, uh, labor unrest or employee unrest, so much so that it, you, we've been lulled into a sense of complacency, so to speak, right? which is now changing because the spotlight is turning on um, manufacturing again.
0: At the core of it, Archana, is this issue about working conditions. And this delay in payments, I guess, is all part of that. Um, Or or more importantly, gaps between practices in the factory, on the shop floor, uh, versus statutory stipulations. And somehow, somehow, they seem to have got compounded during COVID
1: it has which is something that you know for instance as this has uh, you know sort of flared up over the last couple of days uh, as part of our reporting we've spoken to a whole uh, you know sort of variety of people and one of the things that i've been hearing constantly is that look at the share of contract workers itself which has increased right uh, data shows that from say uh, you know two decades ago 2004 5 when the bpo boom was at its height in bangalore the share of contract workers was about 26% of the total organized workforce by 2017 that has moved up to 36% so what we are seeing is a constant increase in hiring through the contract route for organized workplaces right and at the same time have they have the rights of these employees have you know have they do they get fair wages Do they get social security? All of these, have they been enforced, is the question. So, um, And then again, the other argument on the other side, like why has the share of contract workers increased? A lot of the argument on the other side will be because of the compliance burden. Dr. Pani, uh, you've called it the informalization
0: of the formal sector. Uh, So briefly, I mean, if you could just uh, explain what you mean for our listeners
2: I think we must remember that Bangalore is actually an economy that has developed as a kind of resource provider. Uh, It is not too much into capital generation or even if uh, Bangalore's uh, sort of people who generate capital within Bangalore tend to invest it outside. Now this uh, economy as as a kind of resource provider, primarily a labor resource provider, works at three different levels. One is at the level of the IT industry, uh, you know, at, at, uh, and in those kind of sectors, when there is uncertainty, the individual workers have the ability to absorb it. Sometimes going back to where they had come from, whichever city they came from. But that doesn't lead to social disruption. But as you move down, uh, you particularly in the organised workforce, or in, in places like in the organised sector, the formal sector, the pressure mounts, and as because. Uh, for a variety of reasons, Bangalore has been growing in terms of its costs, right? We can debate that later if you like, but it has become a more expensive city to live in. That makes it difficult for workers. At the same time, the industry has got to compete globally with uh, with uh, neighboring countries. Bangladesh has been keeping its costs lower. And that ensures that industries under pressure to increase the output per unit of wages paid out. And that is the problem in, in both, uh, in Toyota, essentially, they have tried to demand a 25% increase in, a 20% increase in output, and that's not happened, and that's it's at the heart of their problem. Now, industries have tried to get over this by going in for contract labor, which brings in labor uh, from the poorer, uh, poorer parts of the state, in the case of, of Vistron, Narsapura, or uh, even from elsewhere in the country. And that labor coming in from really backward agriculture, sometimes uh, which have people who are on not too far from starvation, you bring them in, you can get them cheaper, but they are complete their ability to withstand uncertainty is very, very low.
0: You know, the worry is that, um, you know, unrest will only grow simply because the new laws which were passed in september they deny labor uh, laborers the right to strike or receive social benefits if they are working for smaller companies more importantly while the government in, at the center has said the new labor legislation is aimed at streamlining complex rules uh, and would actually protect workers six states have this year relaxed or suspended labor laws to help industry recover from the coronavirus pandemic. So this has meant you know, more working hours, a longer working hours, lower pay. Um, and so perhaps uh, the risk of uh, fueling more protests is going up.
2: I think we need to keep in mind that industry is only a part of a larger society. If we are going, as we have been doing over the last decade or so, if we are going to encourage individuals to break social norms and to break laws, outside the workplace, that will sooner or later come into the workplace as well. We cannot have a a might is right approach in our social relations and in our political relations and expect the workplace to be isolated from it. So you will end up in a situation where, where industry has to work out its own environment with its own workers.
0: Here's some interesting trivia for our listeners. The first attempt to organize industrial workers in Karnataka actually dates back Pre-independence, uh, back to uh, 1920, the workers of bini Mills organized a strike for a bonus. Subsequently, we had the Mysore Labour Act that came into being in 1942, but it forbade functioning and formation of industry-wide organization of workers. As Archana said, from Michael Bosch to uh, lockout in 2014 at the same Toyota Killoska plant that stretched for over a month, labour. Ha- unrest has actually been common in Karnataka, which honestly is far more than IT or internet startups. I have nothing against them, but Karnataka is also a very large manufacturing hub. Captain, uh, you know, Dr. Pani was talking about this whole hire and fire culture. And and when the economy is in doldrums, uh, it accentuates. Now, if there is no union to negotiate on your behalf or on the behalf of the workers, uh, inspections are non existent and there is no mechanism for anonymous complaints. If they are nowhere to go, isn't violence inevitable, however condemnable they are? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I
3: think that, that should be uh, avoided. Uh, violence uh, uh, has, ha- has happened before in Karnataka and other places. That must be absolutely, there should be no place. But uh, as you said, very rightly, I think uh, a good, healthy uh, trade unionism is what we should uh, have. And, uh, but unfortunately, sometimes, you know, uh, the trade union itself becomes exploitative, but the workers uh, need, uh, you know, a representation uh, through form of, uh, you know, uh, uh, trade union representatives uh, without getting politicized. The contractor doesn't pass on all the all the benefits to the staff, so the, the exploitation is at the contractor uh, contractor level, uh, which uh, uh, the the principal agency in this case, Vistron, looks the other way. Uh, they 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 look the other way at the exploitation, and uh, I think uh, and as Dr. Pani said uh, uh, that in good times, uh, you know this works because you know when there's a good. Uh, Movement of migration of labor, both at the middle level, at the lower level, at the higher level. People leave a company which doesn't pay well, and that is the biggest challenge for good companies. How do you you retain good trained uh, labor? Because you don't pay them well uh, for whatever reason. Uh, If you're not profitable and you don't pay them, then if the economy is vibrant, they'll leave you.
0: True. Conscious capitalism is is a buzzword everywhere. Archana, several interesting points here. And from manufacturing to the it and bpo boom um, to startups and gig economy so it's the labor issues keep evolving and uh, you know there are new newer threads uh, and, and and the issue of contract labor especially in a gig economy it is a far more existential issue so uh, do you think you know we are adapt uh, as we evolve or workplaces evolve
1: I think this is really, um, are we uh, adept at evolving? I think again, it it will be an economic question, right? What uh, Captain Gopinath mentioned, for instance, when there is competition for uh, for good labor, companies will fall in line and ensure that they compete in terms of benefits and in making the workplace attractive for labor, which they require. What happens when, When it's, uh, you know, when it is not, uh, when the economy is in a downturn, when we are under, when we are facing pressure, just as Dr. Pani mentioned, we can't keep planning just for good days. We need to plan for the bad days. I think that is the crux of the issue right now. What happens when you have an increase in contract labor? Now, that is something that will play out even more in Karnataka because, in that sense, we, uh, what uh, the entire flow that you mentioned is playing out in real time in Karnataka. Given the fact that we are, we are, you know, while we've had a long manufacturing base and an industrial uh, past, Karnataka is at the forefront of the digital and the gig economy as well. The coden social security that has, uh, you know, has been announced is definitely at least looking to address this issue. More of the millennial generation, which will enter the workforce, will also seek uh, independent freelance gig kind of work. Dr. Pani,
0: do you feel that in the strive for scale, you know, these headlines will certainly create a dent or impact sentiments uh, to attract investments going forward or is just a blip?
2: No, I think headlines like this have a a way of of sort of getting amplified. And uh, therefore, even if the issue dies down, there will be a sort of particularly in the days of of networks and technologies that can recall uh events that have happened in the past uh at the push of a button you, you this will not simply disappear, so we need to be much more sensitive. but i think what is more important is to recognize a fundamental kind of uh flaw at one level it's a very simple point, but at another level it's largely ignored that is you cannot have large scale manufacturing without a comfortable a labor force that's comfortable. They they have to function. You may not be able to give them the kind of security the public sector did, and which turned out to be unviable. But even if we have, uh, if we take the success of the IT industry in in Bangalore. It's because there was a large labor force that was available. It wasn't linked to a particular company. They could shift between companies as they indeed did. But the fact is they, they were at least assured they had a housing, a culture they could live up to. They could influence the city in some ways and get influenced by it to a lesser extent. But that was there. Now in manufacturing, you're not doing any of that. We must recognize that some of the basic urban strategies we are following need to be reconsidered. We need to look at worker housing. It's now well established in agglomeration theory across the world that the process of a growth of a city is that when when the industry comes in, it attracts workers, the workers attract more industry and so on if we don't do anything to make workers comfortable and think that the workers and their fam or at least their families can continue living in villages while our city will be able to attract large scale investment I-, I think there is a-, a fundamental link that's missing in that argument
0: right and, and you you talked about housing i guess uh, decades ago you would have industrial townships come up uh, largely along with the steel sector whether in the east or Tata's or even sales, Steel Authority of India. So it was something that both the private sector as well as the public sector did. That,
2: that's that's right. But if you see India, Bangalore's electronic city, there's no mention of housing in the entire strategy.
0: Right. Captain, I, I remember Jerry Rao um, uh, also talked about, you know, this housing aspect, especially in when he dabbled in affordable housing for a bit. But this whole problem gets magnified as in this age of, Automation and and this whole machine learning. So, you know, is this the new normal really? And this simmering tension uh, you expect to continue? Especially in the public sector undertakings, because the
3: model was such that they acquired huge uh, land, uh, like in HAL and ITI and BL, BML, they're large housing colonies, which has become unviable as a model and public sector is under loss uh, or they're in profit where there's no competition. Uh, and, and it has also worked uh, in the private sector, but most of these places where it has worked in the private sector is are, are in remote industries. We need, I think, to work, uh, on one hand, good labor laws, which attracts investment into manufacturing, but taking care of the uh, interests of the laborers. But on the other hand, you require good social security network from the government which where, you know, good governance is required. You know, uh, I think that is also one of the things which are a problem in India, not not just uh, during this government from earlier governments. We are not in a position to provide good governance uh, through which, you know, we can provide social network as in the, uh, you know, free market economies.
0: After you talked about, uh, you know, governance, I'll just sidestep a bit and bring Archana in. Uh, inevitably a story or stories like that, there is, politics and there is a parallel political narrative also that's getting played out uh in in the in the, in the last few uh, days uh, how much of it is actually conjecture and i mean
1: how, how do you see that play out yes of course we are all hearing this uh, you know and there will always be uh, you know there'll be grains of truth in this for certain right because there will be people who will be who will be driving these uh, this agenda as well and um, labor unrest, um, economic disruption are definitely one of the tools that are used to stoke, you know, political um, sort of uh, dissent, and also, I suppose, to stoke political end results that are required. Right. So this sort of disruption is definitely an established tool. It's not nothing new. And there, they're also in, in this Apple, uh, in the Apple plant too, I think there have been ground
0: reports that. Perhaps you know local politicians or their extended family members yes. have been in, you know, have been involved in this whole staffing yeah, that, and that has in turn
1: muddied exactly. the situation even more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That said, um, it you know you're you're not you're always going to be facing this, isn't it, Arijit? I'm saying, see, the bottom line in this is to have institutionalized frameworks that. Will cushion such action, which you are not going to be able to ignore, right? It'll always be there. But if you have in place a, a system that addresses the needs and does it in a way that it becomes routine and it does, is not dependent on any, uh, you know, discussion or negotiation that is forced, then you you will have a framework in place that can cushion all such various um, you know sort of factors or enabling uh, influences that will happen because you this will always be there right this will all keep happening political uh, you know changeovers uh, change in leadership and so on and so forth this, it has happened before will happen in the future
0: democracy and dissent should go hand in hand but as the economy races for a new normal India, Inc. should also embrace empathy and seek a safety net for all its stakeholders. After all, conscious capitalism is the name of the game. We would love to go on, but we have completely run out of time. Thank you, Dr. Pani, Captain Gopinath and Archana for taking time out and joining this podcast. It was really an engrossing conversation. Thank you again. I'm Aurijeet Barman, and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited by Devina Sengupta and Bhavya Dilip Kumar and coordinated by Bhavya Dilip Kumar. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at themorningbrief at TimesGroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share on your social media handle. We'll really appreciate it. Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursdays and Fridays. Thank you for listening in and have a nice day. Goodbye and good luck. Avas.com